Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City. I'm actually glad to be doing our regular presentation. I got the whole crew, road, uh, the road podcast crew with me right now, and I got the whole Shell Corp in the building. That's DJ MoMA, that's uh, Dizza, that's Silent Addy, that's Spencer Tracy, and Sean G. We're all on the, on the uh, Zoom right now. And uh, yo, fellas, thank you for coming through, man. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Yo. Thanks for having us. Yo. What up? What up? What up? Thank you. Thank Shout you. Out. What's up, man? Thanks, so, so we literally got New York kind of in here. LA's in the building. Miami's in the building. Vegas is in the building. South Africa's in the building, right? Um, Jamaica's in the building. Jamaica's in the building. Yeah, yeah there we go. Addy over <laughs> Um, how y'all, how y'all fellas doing? Uh, yo, Spencer, I know you bounced from DC to uh, Miami. Are you staying in Miami right now? Yeah, I've been here. Shit, I've been quarantined <laughs> for like almost nineteen days. I think I, I, oh, I wow. took it real serious, real early. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about going home or anything. My mom's at, uh, in DC. My grandmother uh-huh. and aunt, and then my brother's in LA. So I'm chilling, man. Yeah, how is it? Yeah. What what is it like in DC? Because I know New York is kind of like it's like ground zero for this shit right now. I mean, I think it's bad, but I don't think it's like New York or right. or California or Washington State bad. Yeah, yeah. you know who knows? We're gonna see. How is Miami right now? Like desert? What's it like in Miami? Honestly, it's just mad weird. Like there's nothing really. It's just it's eerie. Like I I my view has like the the highway that takes you to the beach yeah and usually uh-huh. like friday 3 p.m it's like fucking packed i'm looking at it now there's like 10 cars it's just weird you know but i mean i guess it's necessary you know sean you're in, you're in la like how is it over there i feel like everyone in la doesn't really see the effects of what's going on and they're just kind yeah. of they're kind of in quarantine but they're like why the fuck are we in quarantine right now you know? Yeah, it's I kind of get the same same vibe as as Dizzy just described, but kind of the weird thing about LA, I think people feel like they're on timeout, you know, and don't yeah. really think that like, oh, we don't need it though, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. All sex. So like one day, maybe like three four days ago, I was driving and it was eerie. There was nobody out, and then two days ago, I had to go downtown to pick up something. I'm on the 10 freeway heading downtown, and there was literally like slow down traffic on the freeway yeah it kind of bugged me out so are the numbers low are the numbers really low in la like as far as infection honestly i've been kind of like i'll turn on the the news once a day twice a day and usually what you get is what's happened in new york you know they're not talking too much about about la i mean California is number three, right behind behind New York and New Jersey. Like they have the third most cases, I think. Yeah, but I've been mean just. But I think it was like the Bay, Southern more. California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking it was more the uh, Bay. Yeah, they were acting a fool, like in the in Baltimore, though, right? They were just outside, like not giving a fuck. <laughs> you didn't see those videos on like Twitter. I saw, Oakland, yeah. I saw a video in Oakland. Yeah, I saw a video uh, uh, in Oakland when they were uh, they were doing the the, the slideshow, the slideshow. Sending out cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now Baltimore was acting a, a fool, acting talking about curfew, curfew. Like we don't care about no curfew. <laughs> you didn't hear that shit? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> That's nuts. I was like, DMV is yeah. wilding out right now. That's not the DMV. That's not. That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. All right. Sorry. I associated y'all, but, you know, y'all, close. y'all, like, y'all like kissing cousins, though, right there. <laughs> Barely. Addy, how you been doing, man? How's it How's it been for you in Miami? Yo, honest, honestly, like, yo, the break has been good. I feel like I haven't had a break like, like this in, like, years. So. Yeah. 
I just been like using the time just for like really just spend time with myself, really. Nice. Uh, yeah. I'm always around people, so it's like this time I can just sit down in my room and watch some shows and just yeah, just just think about some other shit other than like just always just on the go. Tell me what you're really doing half. No, <laughs> half half the time we're on call. Tell me what you and me and Darren are really doing half. Oh, you and I just got this thing for for the live, so my live audio sound like clean, so like. I'll drink Patron in the night and just catch a vibe and just run alive and just start emceeing and bearsing. And I don't MC, so people just been on the live like, yo, what the fuck? Eddie's talking. This is crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo I, I, I was my... watching. Addy's pretty fucking good on the mic, too. Surprise. No, no. <laughs> Like, I'm no, but, um, 40 years old. I don't give a fuck about no part. <laughs> 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 now, during my set, my boy, um, my boy Projects is here to say, like, I was playing and, like, he had the Lysol can and he did the f- fucking fire, fire in the crib with the Lysol can oh, and the shit, shit went crazy. Everybody in the chat was like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> shit was wild, yo. Hey, so, Addy, you're, you're really embracing the live stream. Yo, honestly, it's just something to do. And then, you know, I realized that every time, to me, like, I can't sit down and watch anybody live stream. It's kind of, it, it get boring, but, like, I realized that people actually look forward to me going live and playing music. You know, people, yeah, like, yeah. like they're really bored at the crib. I do have nothing to do. I want to add that I think Addy, when he goes live, maybe Moma could probably be that person too. It's not like it's not like they're going on and playing general music. Like they're he's going on and playing dance hall. A lot of it's like new, like just off the street shit that people want to tune in and find out about. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of mm-hmm. giving them something that they can't really get in many other live streams, which right. is why I think people can embrace his shit you know what i mean like yeah. it's not just like yeah. he's not going on and playing like you know sickle mode or some shit. It's, it's almost like <laughs> yeah it's almost like an exclusive radio show a live radio show that you're witnessing because he's playing this specific genre of music that really not a lot of motherfuckers can touch on yeah. you know what i mean I actually told yeah. I, t- I actually told moma that the other day i was like you know when us when us when we get back to djing i don't want to like play the same sets anymore i want to dj less and I want to play more exclusive songs. Like, I want to bust some new songs in the streets, like, mm-hmm. in America. You know what I'm saying? But obviously, I'm going to have to throw in, like, the shit what people know. But I don't want to be known for, like, playing the same shit every single time. Which is easy to get in that. Because when you're a DJ, you, you have your crates and you set up your thing. Then where it's just, it just become like a airplane mode kind of thing. I don't want to, I want to get out of that. Whereas a special sets, all my sets are special, you know? It's funny. I was speaking, I was actually kind of anti- IG live and live stream. Mm-hmm. I was I was not 100% in it, but I think I was just I, you know, I've been a club DJ, a working DJ for so long. Sometimes when a new platform or something innovative like that comes along, we tend to kind of look at the negative aspects of it. Yeah. And then I spoke yeah. with I spoke with Four Color Zach um the other day and I spoke with Jay Espinosa and they really actually convinced me by telling me this is the first opportunity for DJs to play whatever they want. And to create and find their own sound. And for however long this quarantine goes for, it could potentially affect the direction that people take as they approach nightlife and and nightclubs and bars and lounges. Because it might change the narrative of venues not being control of the music and telling DJs what to play anymore. It might be one of those things where they trust the DJs a little bit more. But I'm not saying that this is going to change every big room club, but... I didn't really think of it that way. And I was like, you know what? You got a point because the only thing I was thinking of is like, yo, someone has 20,000 followers and they got 30 people in their live. Like, that's a bad look. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It kind of yeah. makes, like, from a booking standpoint, I'd be like, yo, why am I booking this dude? There's only 30 people in his live, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think that, like, to go against what they're saying, like, I think IG Live is better for almost non-top 40, non, like, regular club DJs. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to get, like, the club DJ sound, you're just going to go to, like, D-Nice or whatever, you know, like, the big ones that are that are already doing, like, their live streams. Mm-hmm. And you're going to mm-hmm. make that, like, kind of like, oh, like, I'm going to go get my club fix. Like, I think it's almost better for the subcultural DJs, like Addy, who are, like, well-versed in a genre that people are, like, really looking for, you know, yeah. like, like whatever. Like, I think that that's where people are going to kind of go go look for that shit like no I, no offense to like jay spinoza like I, I don't really know him i know he's a good dj but like i don't think anybody's going to go to like a club dj like jay spinoza to go hear what like new records he's breaking you know what i mean like they're mm-hmm. going to go to addy shit or to moma shit to hear the new afrobeat song i don't i don't really think that it's going to do much for for somebody like trying to like diversify their portfolio like the impact is not there Versus right. the impact is there for someone like, you know, someone playing subcultural shit that's known for playing subcultural shit. <clears throat> yeah, but pretty much everyone in this, in the Shell Corp. Well, let's explain the Shell Corp. Where everyone, all of you guys pretty much have the ability to create your own live stream and build on that. And build on your brand or whatever brand that you're doing. You guys have worked really hard and earned the following and the reputation to do that because people are actually looking forward to what you have going and you're not just kind of like a worker in a club where the club is kind of the main um, attraction and we're kind of just people and like working DJs or club DJs are the guys just keeping people at the club. Does that make sense? Like you guys actually bring people and you have a following. Um, You know, Spencer, you got a huge following. You know, Shanji, you got Shaba, Deza, you got Peach Fuzz, Addy, you know, Moma. You guys all built your own following. So the live stream seems like it could fit for each of you guys. I think the scary thing is when you have kind of a brand like Peach Fuzz or Shaba, there's probably thoughts in your mind and probably thoughts in like other companies, like brands that want to sponsor or invest in you guys saying, hey, can you guys do a Shaba or Peach Fuzz or an Everyday People live stream and we'll pay this much? And it's kind of like... To me, that's a scary thing when you have to kind of juggle that. Like, should we do that? How would we navigate that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because if, if you have your own party and you've been doing it for years, you're already kind of getting to play what you want. You, you give the people what they want, but yeah. you still get to get open a lot. So I think the five of us, the reason why we clicked up is because we had so much in common. We all built our own parties. Mm-hmm. We produced them. So we, we knew the pressures of promoting and, and ex- executing on the day of. And then we still had to give the people what they want. And um, more often than not, at the end of the night, we walked away like, whew, that shit was fire. You know, We felt like we worked, but it was also very rewarding. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. bring this to like an IG live, for us, it's almost like less exciting. It's less adrenaline. Yeah. Like yeah. our yeah. parties... Don't feel like nine to fives, you know what I mean? Whereas for a lot of those DJs, I think the IG live is like an escape. It's like, yo, I can finally play what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. welcome to the club. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. I'm, I'm, you know, and it, it, being able to play what you want is great. And uh, being able to play what you want on a live is great. Being able to play what you want to a real live audience, there's nothing like it. Right. So the people ask me, why haven't I done a live yet? Mm-hmm. I was like, because I'm not that excited about it. I actually like the downtime, you know? Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. not having to figure out... I mean, I'm in South Africa. I'm fucking quarantine, exile, whatever you want. 
I don't want to figure out how to get the equipment and how to get the rolling plug in and all that jazz. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it, it really depends what angle you're, you're coming from. Yeah, but you know? you're in a privileged position that you can be in South Africa in a hotel and just chill the fuck out. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's motherfuckers that are like, yo. Obama. I'll be honest with you, man. Someone DM'd me and I was I had my thoughts on IG Live and one of my somebody DM'd me and they said, Look, one of my boys in like in like, I don't know, one one of these like kind of Midwest cities, right? Mm-hmm. He went on live, he had twenty people in his live, he DJ'd probably maybe four hours a day, and in three days he accumulated two thousand dollars from twenty 000, people. I respect that. Two thousand dollars. I respect that. That's really good. I commend yeah. that. <laughs> I, Look think at Neva. You, <laughs> I did I did make two hundred off of um the last stream I did still. So yeah. I did a brunch bouncing and uh, yeah, two hundred in tips. But I never I was never for that, but like the man them was like, yo, send your cash up and thing. Trust me, people go and do it. And I was like, all right, well, cool. But Wait. I'm not going to be the one like, hey, tip me. Like, <laughs> like I, I feel like that just, to me, I just. Before we get into the tip conversation, I just want to add one last thing about Addy. Addy also lives with like three people, which makes the whole. No, I live with like six people. So there's like six people. <laughs> like, the live experience, like way more fruitful than just like watching somebody dancing around on them spots you know what i mean like he's yeah, got yeah. like, a like, club, like you're dancing around them they're all having fun they're like yeah, it's a vibe. everybody everybody it, feel, like, it feels yeah. like maybe like kind of a party without actually being one you know what i mean yeah yeah anyway yeah. back to the tipping <laughs> i mean it, it really comes down to the individual right and 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 how financially secure you are because moment like you're you're in south africa you know we, we're on we go on facetime once in a while and you're working on like gospel chords for like three hours a day, you know? But listen, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 18 years, I'm almost 20 years in my DJ career, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would hope that by this point, I've accumulated some sort of savings <laughs> that I can go a couple of months without DJing, right? Yeah. But if exactly. somebody is, when I started my DJ career, if, you know, I was making 250 $300 a gig or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was living check to check, I couldn't afford to take two weeks off or three weeks off or four weeks off or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand somebody needing to get on live and somebody needing to find a new stream of revenue with the tips. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I do find it sus when motherfuckers I know is living well is putting their tip jars out there. <laughs> I, that's super hey, sus. Mo, yeah. Mo, I got a question. I got a question for you, uh, Mama. So you're cool with it, right? But this is my question. All of us are unemployed. Who the fuck has the money to tip a DJ in a regular club working DJs live? Which person in there is tipping? Or not just one person, because if he's making $2,000 over the course of however many days, Crook said, that's a, a number of people giving up the, their yeah. hard-earned money mm-hmm. in, a, in a time of a crisis to a fucking DJ. Right. I tell you this, it's economics. It's economics, right? There, there's mm-hmm. a product. There's a demand for it. And then mm-hmm. somebody's supplying no, it. No, and those people no, no, aren't no, tipping no, no, $2,000 no. each. They're tipping $2, $3, $4, yeah, $5, But I will say, I, I, think, I think that it's uncomfortable to put it out there yeah. that you have a tip jar knowing the current economic climate. That's just my personal thing. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with this. I agree, agree with this. Yo, if you got a couple dollars, like spare a couple dollars for your boy. Like we're all fucking broke, bro. Nobody has a job. Yeah. <laughs> we all, yeah. we all just, <laughs> yeah, here, here, here's you. my stance. Here's my, my stance. I might do a live at the end of April if I can get out of this lockdown here in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna find some sort of organization that's got a cash app. Maybe medical yeah. supplies or something of that nature. Yeah. But if yeah. someone 
needs money to make ends meet, I do not have a problem with them putting their cash app up there. I'm not in their situation. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And I think everybody it's, different. Yeah, well, I'm not, this is, that's, that's, that's not what but I'm just saying is like who is there who do you expect has the has the uh the, the extra cash to tip a DJ on on live in this time well sp- like no, especially Bridget, it, especially, Bridget especially, sent me $50 no, <laughs> random I was like yo what the fuck I, mean, I never asked him him just sent me $50 myself like boom I've been going to the grocery all right, I will say this I will say one last thing on this right we're out here we're in this bubble of creatives exactly. and DJs yes. and musicians etc yes. there's mad other people that still work <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. there's no people still working exactly. yo Half the country, or maybe more than half the country, still at work. If you if People the unemployment working. numbers yeah. is seven or eight million, that leaves million. maybe a 10 workforce. Million. Yeah. Ten million. That's that means it's a workforce of a hundred to one hundred and twenty million people are still out there working, and maybe yeah. twenty five to thirty million of them is thirty to forty years old and give a fuck about DJing on live. Spencer, Spencer, you got to stop hanging out with just creatives. You got to hang out with like working motherfuckers yeah. too. You know. <laughs> tell you, I tell you, ninety percent of the people who tip me was girls. I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. I had one. Oh. Actually, like, but you oh. are silent. There Andy. it is. Yes. No, no, no. You know this. The girl them sugar. Yo, the girl, the girl them said them have the money. Girl them rich. It's the voice, man. It's the voice. That's what it is, man. But crooked, just like Vegas, Miami is a very like service-based industry yeah and while there are while we are in our bubble it honestly feels like literally at least half the city is out of work right yeah now. yeah definitely for sure mm-hmm. for, for vegas sure. at least half the city's out of work too yeah. and yeah might i add those are numbers pre-april 1st you know these like next not to get like political shit but the next week or two there's gonna be a lot more people getting fired mm-hmm. just because yeah. bills are starting to be due it's gonna be a long Look, I, all I'm saying is we're all in this together. We all want to get out of this as quick as possible. If you can make a buck, fine. Like, I'm not really, it doesn't really, like, bother me per se, but it makes me a little uncomfortable, I guess. I guess yeah. it does bother me a little. Yeah, but it makes me a little plus, the self-promotion with a tip jar in front of you, it's like, there's people that really need help. Like, yeah. do we really need help right now? Yeah, I mean, oh, still, we got to put ourselves in other people's shoes. You know L.A. well. Nobody here has a real job. So like those those, those unemployment numbers, those unemployment yeah. numbers don't mean nothing, man. Like there everybody works for like somebody that's an entrepreneur or right. events or you know, so those unemployment numbers ain't really showing like swingers is closing. That's crazy. Yeah, no. swingers is closing. That hurts. Yeah. Closing closing. That's that hurts. Yeah. That, that hurts a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying like there's cities like who have like a, a big like tech company uh, presence, like a San Francisco, like a Dallas, yeah. Seattle. A lot of those mm-hmm. motherfuckers are working remotely, man. And I know like a couple of people who work at doctors' offices. They're working, and they some of them aren't doing shit, but they're there. They just got that payroll. I mean, they're they're putting out regulation for a payroll loan. A lot of people might be able to like keep their job for another couple of weeks while waiting for this loan, mm-hmm. and then maybe once they get once the business gets approved for the loan or not. They decide whether to move forward with people or not. It's yo, honestly, yeah. weird times, and like I, I'm sure we don't we don't really want to get into like the economics of everything, right? But I think IG lives are fine. I think I think DJs like should express themselves as much as possible. 
But at the end of the day, they, sh- they shouldn't be serious about it. It's not the club. It's not like the real deal. So just have mm-hmm. fun. Enjoy it. Don't think too much. Like, if so much, such and such people are watching your shit, cool. If not, cool too. Just do it for you. This is literally a moment for yourself. Yeah. If you want to have fun. If you want to, like, kick back and just, like, bullshit with, with whether it's three friends or 3,000 friends or whatever it is, just, like, chill. You know, take it easy. Like, don't take it too mm-hmm. serious. Don't make a big thing out of it. It doesn't have to be like a million flyers and like a million, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just That's basically thing. how it's been still yeah. for me. Uh, it's just been random. It's like not promoted. I, you know, I really just, just make up my mind. Like I'll just catch a vibe and just go on live and just play some tune. And that's that on that. <laughs> well, I want to no. know, Spencer, would you go on live? No. No. I would not a thing. If you knew me better, you wouldn't know not to even ask me that question. No <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what? Wait, but why? Can, no you, can you explain? Can you explain? Bro, I don't even... Spencer don't even like to DJ. Yeah. Much less go for an Instagram. See, I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't want to get into this conversation on that fucking podcast. Now this is the perfect conversation. <laughs> this is the yeah. perfect conversation to have right now. You- I think, yo, I honestly think under the right circumstances, Jared Spencer will he will get on IG live. Yes, yeah. that will never fucking happen. I yeah, mean, oh, I, we got to make this happen. Ooh. Listen, I thought uh, I was like, starting to go fund me to get you. If I Moma, if, hey, if Moma's tipping, I'm DJing, bro. Wave up everybody, chat, my boy. I'll tell everybody in this chat, Moma can definitely um, tip you. I'll tip you. I'll tip you in South African Rand, man, and the exchange rate ain't pretty. I actually told Never, I, I feel bad about this because Never was having a conversation with me, and he's like, yo, I think I want to go on. IG live and I'm like yo I think it's a bad look you know I think it's a bad look and I don't and I was just kind of like I think at the time when it was happening it looked like everyone was just hopping on you know that everyone went those like yo D nice just blew the fuck up like yeah. I'm gonna blow up like D nice and then like everyone just got on and I was just kind <laughs> of like scrambling and I was like yo I was just like I don't think like it just looks a little desperado right now like you know what? like just I, but I think now that I'm looking at it that it's becoming kind of a way of life or like for mm-hmm. now a part of our quarantine life and after speaking with zach and 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 espinoza about it i kind of think like yeah for for guys like a Noah, uh neva or or me who are like working club djs where we have to play for the crowd and the clubs and the bottle poppers now might be the best time for you guys for us to just kind of fuck around yeah and go that's on the only there, reason yeah. why i yeah. really wanted to do it though I would be able to play whatever I wanted to play. Yeah, because you would get that yeah. vinyl collection. Look at that record collection, yeah. my boy. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, but I don't think it's a bad look. I think when people saw D Nice and they saw that he blew up, and like you gotta understand, like that shit's an exception. Yeah, yeah. Even mm-hmm. like I, I just I noticed that day that Diplo went live too, and Diplo had Diplo and Dylan Francis had like thirty five hundred people on their live. And D Nice had like two hundred thousand. Yeah, it, that's just a phenomenon. That like right place, right time. He's a legend. He knows a lot. He's already kind of like a celebrity, like DJ time. Yeah. Like a lot of people really like know him, mm-hmm. support him, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, respect to him. But at the same time, I don't think anybody that's DJing on their Instagram is. I don't think it's a bad look. I, I just don't think we should care too much. If you mm-hmm. do it, do it. Cool. If you don't cool too like just do whatever you want to do if, if if yo never if you want to go on and, and play 
I think you should. If it's going to make you happy, mm-hmm. then do it. And I don't think it matters if there's going to be three people watching or 500 people exactly, watching. Exactly, yeah. That's how I look yeah. at it. Yeah. I mean, at least get, like, double digits, right? At least get, like, over 10. <laughs> at least, at least, at least 10. You don't have 10, we'll rebuke you. Like, if you... Yeah, if you yeah. guys could watch me, that'd be enough. That's, like, not, if, you yeah, got, like, if you got, like, six motherfuckers in there for cool. two hours, I'm going to be like, yo, maybe, maybe you got to approach this shit differently, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to really Check me out. Like, at least I, 12. Like, get a double dozen like hit a dozen at least hit a dozen get a dozen <laughs> otherwise I'm double gonna, digits i might just text you while you djing like yo you need it you got you need to cut it off yeah you you peaked at eight so like you know like maybe it's like <laughs> we can end this shit before you hit two hours <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to see i want to see i want to know Start what it would, i want to know what it would take to get a shaba live stream or peach fuzz live stream because i i think yeah I, i'm i think I'm that'd interested. be dope is that possible? Like, no way, no fucking way. Why not? You would, yeah. Know. What's what's yeah. what's possible about it? I don't know if if I want to do a Peach Fuzz live stream because honestly, like, just being real, that shit makes me really anxious. Like being watched. <laughs> yeah. Adrian would just open up and make me play the rest of the shit on live anyway. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think yeah. it's one of those things that when you do it, before you do it, you, the anxiety level and the panic sets in. But when you do it, and then when you start seeing the the love, and you start seeing, you know, the feedback, the positive feedback. You're kind of like, oh, this shit wasn't that bad because the same happened with you, Jamie, right? You you had to go on yeah. live for the Park MGM, uh, right? For best for friend, Park MGM. Roy Choi's uh, yeah. Roy Choi's restaurant. They made him go on there for free. <laughs> he took an L on that one. <laughs> for free, took it for, and I drove to Vegas. He had to go it. to the venue or go to the space. Yeah, you to had to drive it. from LA yeah. to Vegas to do that to shit. Vegas to do it. That's nah, not it was yeah, it was nerve wracking. I first, like that drive. Like, it's a good drive. It's a good drive. You need it right now too. It's like necessary. No, but even no, like leading up to it. Uh, yeah, it's necessary just because you gotta get the house. It's a four-hour drive, but it was uh, it was nerve-wracking in the beginning because I was like, "Yo, what if everybody just leaves this live shit?" Right. And then like, what if I'm not playing the right songs? What if I? And then I, I just blanked that out and I, I put a set together that I thought it was gonna be okay. Yeah. And then people loved it, and that was cool. But the thing is, I couldn't see the feedback either. Like I, I had like Cricket told me the feedback afterwards, but I couldn't see the feedback. So I'm just literally DJing, like practicing the set, and it kind of eased off the 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 tension and the panic and then out of it but no leading up to it is definitely nerve-wracking because you're like you're the center of the attention are you listening spencer spencer you're listening right (laughs) 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 you take your mental notes and shit i'm I'm honed i'm honed in baby let's get it yo spencer can't take one bad comment if somebody said this song sucks he's gonna lose his shit (laughs) and beat up the camera but that but But that would be the that would be the best part. That would be the best part yeah. of that the live. You that's know what, what I'm saying? That's what would make him go viral. Yeah, that's the Snapchat. The Snapchat. Yeah, that, I, I mean, the, the cash I, I don't need that attention, man. Look, that's what I'm trying to tell you. What about you, Sean? What would it take for a Shaba live stream? We we've talked about it. Drew and I have talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Drew. We kind of feel. Way. Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to Drew Bird. Um, we're we're kind of on the same wavelength as as what MoMA said. We love our. We look forward to our party yeah. every month, or if we're traveling or however long it is, and and we already get to play what we want there. So we're kind of in a place where like, unless we can really think of what we want to do and it excites us and it's something that we're gonna have fun doing, and then we're just gonna wait. Mm-hmm. We're working on. I'm I'm with MoMA. I'm trying to learn new chords and you know. Yeah, like, and I had the same. Shit. I had the same discussion with my partners today because we was talking about everyday people and 
And I was like, yo, either we do something that's super impactful or it's a big check. You know what I mean? It's, it's got to be either or. Ideally, it's yeah. impactful. Um, and even if there's a check, we can make it impactful. But to just go on live, <laughs> the sake... The sake of going on live for, for everyday what? people. Like right now. Right now. And you know, people are asking me, like, my DMs are blown yeah, up. Yeah, it don't make sense. The text messages. Everybody's like, yo, when you going live? When you going live? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I've been giving y'all parties for 15 years. I'm tired. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm tired. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to sit this out. I'm happy for you to miss me. And like certain events, you know, like parties, unlike DJs, don't necessarily need to maintain relevancy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could be a DJ that's hot right now and it's very fickle. But a party, yo, when Shaba comes back, when Peach Fuzz come back, when all of Adi, you have Adi, you have like eight parties in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> Tuesday party. With, I'm uh, gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bashman TV for you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Bashman TV come back. When when Baby Girl load. come back in DC, when everyday people come back, the first one is gonna be sold out. Yeah, the yeah. second, mm -hmm. the third, so on and so forth. So we don't necessarily have to do these IG lives for the parties. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm really enjoying the downtime, and I think yeah. that when I come back to DJing, I'm gonna have a lot more fun. For everyday people, like what's there to gain? There's absolutely nothing to gain unless they come up on an opportunity like partnering up with a brand that is like so much more massive or something like that. Mm -hmm. The only thing that can happen is like. Oh yeah, I was on the everyday people thing. It was cool. You know, yeah. like there's not, there's That's not, it. again, I think to me, this is like a personal thing. I don't think people should like bring in their brands. I don't think they should bring in their whatever. I think if you want to go on and play a set because you're fucking bored. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that approach. And I'm going to do it soon because Jasmine Solano put together, um, Jasmine and, and Patrick. How do you pronounce Patrick's last name, Sean? Patrick Strice? Hey, good question. <laughs> Patrick. All right. <laughs> Patrick, don't Patrick's great, talk though. For, Patrick's great, though. Yeah. Uh, LA-based. And, you know, Jasmine Solano, everybody knows her, international uh, superstar. Uh, they put together something called the Clubhouse. And mm -hmm. it's a nice. weekly live every Saturday, starting Saturday, April 4th. I think uh, overall, throughout the course of the four uh, dates, they got Adi, they've got me, they got A Track, they got Walshy Fire, Joe K, they got a bunch, they got DJ Puffy, mm -hmm. they got a ton of people. And that's interesting for me. You know, somebody did the legwork and somebody put together a, a platform that's kind of cohesive versus me, like a fucking tree in the forest, you know, <laughs> logging to my IG live, playing records yeah. at home. They, they, they created something compelling. So I'm happy to be a part of that. And I'm also happy that I didn't have to build it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm glad that somebody else yeah. did all the work. Hey, yo, Sean, I've been meaning to get you and Drew on here to talk about Shaba and everything. And uh, I've yet to go, but I've heard so many great things about it. And I've seen so many videos. And I just kind of want to go into Shaba a little bit uh, while we have you on, on this uh, on this live or this Zoom or whatever we're doing. And uh, and talk about it because I'm very fascinated. I always speak with L.A. motherfuckers. And, you know, when I moved to the West Coast, even in Vegas, on the West Coast, there's like no presence of dance hall or reggae anywhere. It's like the first time I DJ, the first few years I DJed in Vegas, they actually told me not to play dance hall. Like, no reggae. Don't play. <laughs> any reggae and it was like it was such a big part of my set and everything in new york so i had to adapt but you know that was in 2005 15 years later you know your party emerges when did you start your party by the way shaba four years it's been four, four years. years now so like maybe 10 years after is that would you say that's one of the more maybe the one of the more successful or the the only successful dance hall reggae party in la uh, nah i mean it depends on it there's a there's a lot of dance hall reggae stuff it's just in la there's not a huge Somebody's culture the one next. <laughs> huh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and tell you i'm gonna go ahead and tell you it's the only one because i've the only seen one it. Next. 
Yeah. Like, I've yeah, seen yeah. other ones pop up, but there's the thing, the, imp- the impact Shaba had for years into other parties that have happened here in L.A., uh, it's mind-blowing of how mm-hmm. it, has, it has grown, especially, like, <clears throat> he's done it in Los Globos, which is across the street from my parents' house right now. Like, that shit is crazy. It's oh, packed out all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so, just so Sean doesn't catch a lot of shit from L.A. DJs, there's been a lot of dance hall parties over the years. No, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been yeah, underground. Yeah. They've been small. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want all these people yeah. to start coming after Sean. What Sean Sorry, did, which is really the most compelling thing, is that he managed to kind of marry the general hip hop culture, that. which drives all partying mm-hmm. with dance hall. Yeah. You know? yeah. So when he you was, go to Shaba, it's predominantly uh, dance hall, but it's got the energy of a hip hop party. Yeah. It's fucking lit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't that have to be like a dance hall aficionado to get in there and like find your groove. Because like people who don't understand dance hall, if they go to like, uh, like I don't know, like something out in, in Miami, they, they may not be able to fit in that groove. But mm-hmm. that's the beauty of Shaba. It kind of draws yeah. everybody in. And I think after four years, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you guys created a lot of dance hall fans mm. in L.A. You know yeah. Who yeah. just came to the party at first because it was lit. Because I remember seeing Buddy in the line. I was like, Buddy, what do you know about dance hall? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Buddy's a fucking regular now and knows That's all the words to everything, yeah. Afro beats and all of that. You know, like you yeah. guys created yeah. that in LA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's not like a Miami or like a New York where you have that big of a crowd that really understands, like you said, and and, and follows it. But but when we marry the the hip hop stuff together, it created kind of a whole new, we just got our own uh, format that's really kind of tough to even describe because we just play what we want to play. Right. No, I was gonna say, I don't think you guys have played the same set twice. You know, you walk into parties and you kind of hear certain songs at a certain time. And, mm-hmm. and I just think I've never heard the same set twice because you guys will do this thing where you'll go to hip hop for like two or three songs and then come back to dance hall and you yeah. and you'll stay there for three songs or you'll stay there for like 10 songs. Mm-hmm. That That's what creates like the style that you can't really describe. You know, Yeah, there was never really a plan. You know, we just, I remember throwing the first one and Drew and just looking at each other like, is anybody going to come? You know, like like it wasn't like we had this plot to grow a brand. It was just something we yeah. wanted to do for fun. Something we felt like LA was missing, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and it just kind of, it just kind of happened. Yo, Sean, was you ever what worried be- about not having a heavy hip hop or having a heavy reggae culture in LA? Because I'm from LA, and growing up, there was only one reggae party I ever remember, and that was Jamaica Gold back in like the early yeah. 2000s. But mm-hmm. like, was that something y'all were worried about? You know what I mean? So I, I actually used to DJ. Do you remember Jamaica Live? Yeah. So yeah, I, I used yeah. to do the hip hop sets in between. <laughs> Like when Mark Love used to do it back then, I was hella young. I would do the hip hop sets when he couldn't make it. So I was exposed, you know, that exposed me young to that culture. Um, But as far as for what we're doing, being worried, like, no, because we never took it too seriously, especially at first. So I want to ask you a question. A lot of times people ask me about everyday people and they ask me, wow, how did it happen? And I'm always like, well, you had to have been there before everyday people. We did all this other shit, you know, we was doing the good spot on Monday nights. We was doing all these other like underground spots that they were kind of the genesis of everyday people. And then when, you know, a match was lit and everyday people blew up. I think people talk about Shaba, but I don't think enough people know about like ice cream Sundays. <coughs> you know what I mean, because when I first yeah. played ice cream Sundays, I was like, yo, I was able to get off dance hall. I was able to get off Afro beats and hip hop and everything else. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think all the work you put into Ice Cream Sundays just kind of culminated in, in Shaba to a certain extent. Well, and obviously you added all the other homies. Yeah, yeah I mean, for, for myself personally, 
yeah, but it's not Shaba's not. It's like Drew just as much, you know. And I think I think with that for me, yeah. But but more than anything, it's Drew and my kind of DNA in LA with when I was DJing for Pac Div and and Drew was DJing for Dom. Dom Kennedy, right? Dom, Dom Kennedy, Kennedy, yeah, yeah. So that's how Drew and I met. Um, and you know, we tried a few things back in the day that that didn't really jump off like definitely like a like Shaba did you know but they were fun we had fun and our friends had fun so we kind of approached this the same way a couple of years later and it just kind of turned in but but for, for me personally moment yeah 100 percent. and people are actually reaching out a lot asking like Cyrus uh shout out to Cyrus the owner of Lock and Key he's mm-hmm. sending me forwarding me all these DMs he's getting with people asking if they're taking table reservation late May right now like that's still wow. like like yesterday people are DMing that so that's crazy um, well, and Lock and Key is where uh Ice Cream Sundays takes place yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I like that's that. actually like one of the first parties I went to in LA because <clears throat> I know this dude Billy, who I believe is your partner in the party. Yeah, I remember when he linked. That was the first yeah. time I met you. I went and I went by. I don't think I actually ended up DJing. I just like stopped by and like just it was cool. Like I, the only other party I had done in LA was like the do over. So it was cool to like go. It's definitely a, di- a different crowd, and it's cool to see that side of LA. Like just. You guys have a girl resident too? Uh, no, nah, I'm the, I was always the resident, and I would book the DJs. But I, I think the cool thing about it like was uh, 75 guest DJs. Yeah, we just try to fit everybody in, man. And you know, you you learn with time that sometimes you can't do that. But I would always just try to fit everybody in. That, that you know, I, I mean, think. What uh, can I say? Sean G is one of the good guys. Sean G is one of the good guys. <laughs> but I think. Early on, like it was mission accomplished for me because it was a platform, and especially in LA that that was so heavily bottle service driven, like a Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a early on mm-hmm. like platform where you could play what you want. I've never been to Shaba, but I've heard you spin, uh, Sean G. I've heard you spin at Everyday People. And you, yeah. you did like a great, a great set. I've heard you probably like two to three times, and every time, like Moma said, it's always been different. You know what I mean? And I and I, I know, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And I've noticed the way you play reggae, you play it in a hip hop way, kind of, right? Because I'm not even that great with reggae. So like in New York, I would hear like, you know, dance hall DJs or reggae DJs, they'd run through rhythms, right? Mm-hmm. And then you and when I hear you spin, you'll kind of just play the best of each rhythm and just keep it moving instead of like dwelling on one rhythm for too long. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was one yeah. of those things that I was like, wow, that's a different approach to dance hall. But I wanted to know if, if it was like a, a West Coast or it was a, like a Cali way of approaching it or if it was just you personally and how you DJ uh, dance hall. Oh, 100%. Oh, oh. I want to answer this one. I want to answer this one. Let me go. Let me go real quick. But it's 100, <laughs> I want to answer this one. 100%, 100% LA because I love going and playing like in New York with MoMA or, you know, playing with the fellas in Miami and getting to dive into the rhythms a little more. Yeah, yeah. But so what you're speaking on, 100 percent more of a more of a thing in L.A. It's like just with time, you kind of learn what what's going to have the most impact mm-hmm. at the moment. You know, just kind of even just learning to drop certain songs on the one instead of blending them in. It's like, well, that's the best part of the song is when that shit first hits. So right, just kind of. But moment ago, I, you got excited. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say that in L.A. where there may be, if you compare them to New York and Miami, they may be ten years behind. 15 years behind in terms of dance hall culture mm-hmm. sure. they're only going to know one or two songs on every rhythm you know yeah. i'm being nice they're only going to know like yeah. you know <laughs> wayne wonder and and sean paul, yeah, sean paul. they may not yeah. know the tok record right but 
that's for 90s and early 2000s rhythms. Mm-hmm. If you go to modern day dance hall, and Adi, help me out. I don't even think DJs are running rhythms for modern day dance hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not a bunch um, rhythms is not like a thing like it was in the 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like it's harder for um, producers to um, produce a rhythm because a lot of artists don't want to be on a rhythm anymore. They want a single because it's easier mm-hmm. to promote. It's easier to promote a single as a producer as well too than trying to promote like a rhythm with you know what i'm saying six different yeah, yeah, artists yeah. on the same rhythm is is harder so that's why rhythm mm-hmm. thing is not really like yeah so i, I think rhythms they're gonna go yeah. away and for yeah. places like la where right. the dance hall culture is like coming up now like if the djs that's kind of like carrying the torch don't try to educate people on this fifth or like the lady saw record on the stink rhythm or whatever like those <laughs> are never gonna make it <laughs> because all the new songs <laughs> Like it, when we play "Fever" by Vibes Cartel, there's nothing else on that rhythm, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You you go to "Brock Off Your Back." I think there may be another song. One. Yeah, on there's Broke some other things, but yeah, but they, they don't hit. And so, yeah. with the modern day dance hall, we're just going from track tune to tune. It's not even a rhythm thing anymore. Addy, yeah. Addy, when did the when did the rhythm start going away? When did when did they start? I mean, I think it's no, there's still rhythms, you know, but then it's still more like single driven. So it's like right. maybe Vibes Cartel might be on a rhythm, but that's the song what everybody will play. So sometimes even like I'll have a single or I'll think it's a single, and then I find out like weeks later that there's actually other songs on the rhythm. I'm like, oh shit, you know, I never know. <laughs> and sometimes it's only playing in Jamaica, you know. So like I'd have to go to Jamaica, and then I hear like a next song on a rhythm. I'm like, oh shit, this is a rhythm. So what 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 initiates okay. a rhythm is like if you had a hit song, someone could just kind of get the instrumental somehow and just and just no, not you know? really. Um, producers is just a part of the culture. So it's like you know, I produce this rhythm. I want to get more than one artist on it. So Got I'll it. reach out to Vibes Cartel, Conscience, and we have a popcorn and then try to put it out sometimes it works mm-hmm. sometimes you might get like a hit rhythm but there hasn't been a hit rhythm in a long time you know like diwali is a hit rhythm you know what i'm saying you yeah, have yeah. sean paul you have wayne wonder it's hard to get a hit rhythm nowadays mm-hmm. so instead of instead of putting out a single just a <coughs> single with projects why did you choose to put a entire rhythm out instead when i want it just at the same time you're saying that rhythm culture is kind of uh dying I just want to I don't want it to die. You know, it's a part of uh-huh. the culture. Like, I don't want rhythm thing to go away. So, like, if I can play my part and put out a rhythm for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do it. But it's not the ideal situation. It's kind of ideal for a producer, though, a little bit, right? So, if I made mm-hmm. a beat and I gave no, it to, not like... No, really. No, it's not? For my rhythm, imagine, like, I have to mix and master each single. So, that's <laughs> more money. Then, I have, if I want to promote, <laughs> imagine, like, pumping money into each single like each song on the rhythm it's like it's not it don't make sense then if i just put put all my energy into one song and say yo this is a song right you know interesting mm-hmm. i'm yeah. thinking i'm thinking of it like yo what if i had a, a dope beat and then i got tiger on it and then i got you know tori on it and i got another dude on it and i was like let me see which one pops off better you know what yeah I mean? that'd be good but like imagine <laughs> if you had to imagine if you had to pay tori lane's voice if you if it's free like i mean i didn't pay anybody to go on my rhythm but still i had to mix and master it and that yeah. shit was expensive you know well, when you bring the money shit into it and it all fucks it up yeah that, yeah that makes- it, it's not it don't really make sense it don't make sense the only dudes who are really putting out rhythms are like the s really established producers in jamaica who are Already have like a, a good relationship with these artists already so it's not like anything and a, a lot of these guys are mixing and mastering their own stuff too that's why sometimes the quality of dancehall tracks are not really up to par because it's just like a man just saying oh yeah man it's so good 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I drop it. Like, <laughs> they're not really mastering that shit. You know, they're not really mixing it properly. So, I kind of, since we're talking a little bit about production, here's my segue. I kind of wanted to talk about all of these beat battles and songwriter battles that's been going on IG Live. Recently, we had um, Scott Storch and Manny Fresh, right? I really <laughs> wanted to talk about that. Well, initially, really initially, it was supposed to be T Pain against Scott Storch, which Scott. doesn't, which doesn't yeah. make any sense either. Make any sense? Doesn't make any sense. I think T Pain and Manny Fresh together isn't even a fair fight against Scott Storch. I totally disagree. Let, let's clear this up. Is it a hits battle or is it a songs battle? That's what I want to know. Is it about what song? Supposed to be the most. I feel like it's a hits record? battle. So you're telling yeah. me songs like Chris Brown, "Give Me That," Beyonce, "Baby Boy," Lil Kim, "Lighters Up." These are songs that you're looking to hear in a in a song battle or beat battle, whatever. These are like songs that you're going crazy over. Uh, uh, no, I don't want even do the I'm not. I'm not asking you, Adrian. I'm asking Crook or or Neville or anybody from New York that Momo was talking about or Momo. So songs like Fifty Cent, "Lil Bit," like why would I like? I'm not happy to hear so, that in a in a battle. I mean, that's that's your opinion. Though. There's a lot of people that really like <laughs> of that. Course, it's my, it's no, of course, it's my opinion. But you got to also understand when that song dropped when we were DJing, it was huge. It was yeah. fucking it was massive. Huge. Like, there yeah. was Scott versus Mustard. And when was the last time? Like, baby, the last boy, time like baby Boy, like Baby Boy. Baby Boy must sound like the most like uh, formulaic <laughs> top 40 song in the world, right? Right now. It must yeah. be like, oh my God, like Shakira and... I don't know somebody. You know what I mean? Rihanna, yeah, yeah. Rihanna, Shakira, all oh, like that's. Uh, but back in the two thousands, like it was like, oh shit, this is popping, and reggae and Sean Paul was popping. You were like, yo, yeah, this is crazy. We're talking about we're talking about yeah, how but, the songs went off in two thousand and four. Yeah, no, no, yeah, how they hold on, not how they still ring off in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold on, hold on. But that's First not the all, point of the battle. If the, not, the battle, the battle, real quick, the battle real quick. isn't the relevancy of now. It's just kind of like you know, impact. Yeah. the legacy of certain songs. None of those guys, like they're not making new music. Now, right? It's not like Manny Fresh has songs that are more relevant than he Scott just made it. Scott Storch is making new music. He made yeah. a song on uh, Roddy Rich's album. The Manny battle. Fresh made a song on Wayne's last album, like that came it's out last year. Those not, that's not what they're known for, is what I'm trying to tell you. Like this is a, a beat battle between which which songs are theoretically better, right? And I think yeah. from the perspective of Manny Fresh is a producer that made hits like Cash Money mm -hmm. was trying to be a, a rap pop group. They were not trying to be like a, a cultural, like, I don't know. They were trying to be hit makers. They weren't, they weren't trying to be anything else. So in that regards, we can judge it upon hits because a lot that's of those- That's not true at all. <laughs> I, I, that's not true at all. Have you listened? I love Spencer. How many Spencer, cash, I'm on your side, Spencer. Money. I'm with you, Spencer. How many I'm with cash you. Money albums have you listened to that you could say that all they were doing was trying to make hits? That's not true. I literally had- every single cash money album from from before back that ass up came out there was a a, a hot boys album uh let them burn this was years before juvenile's yeah. first album came out juvenile's first album came out in 98 so what i'm with i'm we're talking nah, uh, none of those no, none of those were in the none of those were in the battle that i'm talking about what i'm saying yeah. is if you take the entire discography of cash money there's no way that you can say that they were a pop uh at, no. that they were a pop label trying to make hits. No. not true they were on the pop side of rap i don't think so that's, that's I, I just true. agree no, yeah. uh, they were definitely i feel like they were definitely regional but it became so big it became pop exactly, exactly. You know what i'm saying 
Right. But then I'm going to extend an olive branch to you, Spencer. I'm going to extend an olive branch to you, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, but Mo, Mo, you have, to, you have to explain how New York was 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 laughing yeah. at that shit and thinking that shit was a joke. And then it popped yeah. off. It, it kind of it was. And Scott Storch's shit was way bigger. Yeah. You think Scott yeah, Storch actually sure. produced uh, he actually produced 50 Cent in the club. You know, it's got the Dr. Dre stamp mm -hmm. on it. But that's Scott Storch every day all day. He, he ran the clubs. What I'm going to say, though, and this is the I olive agree. branch, Spencer, is that Manny Fresh's music aged better. So right now in the club, I'm playing three times more Manny Fresh. That was the point that I was making in the beginning. I need Manny Fresh. Spencer, your PR. There's not one DJ that we know. There's not one DJ that we know that that doesn't play back that ass up okay. three right. times three times a week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Three times. Uh, a week. What do you mean? Keep going. I don't. I don't. Keep May going. Still fly. Yeah, still fly. No, no, no. Yep. Get your roll on. Like, what are you talking okay. about? You're not so playing you those no Kim lighters up in the club. That's not his. That's not even his biggest song. That's a throwaway. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally yeah. got 25 songs that are way bigger than that. I didn't oh, say, I'm not man. talking about what's bigger. Yes, they are bigger. <laughs> that doesn't matter. If you're playing them in the club, hey, you're playing baby boy. more Scott Storch in the club than Manny Fresh. Uh, definitely. Scott Storch is more like opening opening set repertoire right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Back that ass up is 100%. no longer back that ass up is no longer a peak hit. It's a filler song now. Back Not that ass up is a no, no, break no, the no, emergency no. glass no. record. Yeah, 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 Every time yeah, yeah, I lose yeah. a room, I just drop it from the top. Absolutely. I was gonna say yeah. that. I was gonna say that no, when no, he. No. You play that song there anywhere yeah. and it busts the place. Yeah. Sure. Back that ass up. Back Eddie that Martin. ass up. I would say back that ass up. Smashes five Scott Stewart songs. That one song. Just the impact of that, that song. I think. I think the first keys from Still Dre hit the same way that the first keys from Back That Ass Up. Crazy. Yeah, for for dudes, for for guys, yes. yeah, for guys, yeah. Two's for girls, yeah. one is for dudes. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. There's still There's a, okay. What party? What party? What party on another continent outside or another country outside of the U.S. If you play Steel Dre, does the club go crazy? Everywhere. Not, not one. Not one. What? Germany. If you play Germany, Germany, or Germany, London. Yo, they love that you shit. Understand. Yo, you gotta understand, Moma. You could probably say this, but you gotta understand. Up until like ten years ago, the biggest artist in Europe was still like. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem yeah. and 50 Cent. I'm talking. Like, I'm not talking about who's a bigger artist. I'm talking. Are, about we're talking about in a party, bro. Those are generational songs. Like people remember those songs. I'm talking about them. in a party, not. I am talking somebody, about in a party too. If you go to a club tonight, if there was no quarantine moment in South Africa, <laughs> they playing still. They playing still Dre or they playing back that ass up? None. That's a tough one, bro. Because they may not know back that ass up. They, they may not know it. Thank you. They don't know. I don't that even thing. think. They'll know still Dre. No, no. Yeah, yeah, they'll know it, but they'll know it. But it's not gonna. It's not a part. It's, it's not gonna work in a party. But back. I'm set. <laughs> when did when did back ever, Spencer? You you you. I extend you to Olive Branch and you fucking burn it down, bro. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. There's, you're not. There's no. There's no debating that back that ass up is a bigger song in but, the club. But it's still great. But yes, it's, wait, wait. No. But can we bro, all? There, can we all agree? There are songs that are really big in the states that are not big outside of yeah, the states. Yeah. Like some of my emergency songs in in the states is back that ass up, blow the whistle. 
they tank in other countries. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. some of that stuff is like cultural. They so don't saying, always know uh, it. Still Dre, but still, still Dre, Dre is, is universal. I'm telling you, Snoop, Dre, like, like, drop it like it's hot and like still Dre internationally are massive songs. Drop like, it like it's hot is that tune. It doesn't. Yeah. They, back that up is not even in the same category from a global perspective. Like I'm maybe with, in, in with, America, yeah. back that ass up hits a little harder. But globally, like there, it's not even close. Like it just reached farther. I like it. Here's how we're gonna end this discussion. Domestically, back that ass up is bigger than anything Scott Storch got. I'll give you. I can see that. Probably not. I can see that. But but Mo, you gotta admit that that Louisiana bounce and the and the back that ass up a certain amount of hood anthems, right? And regional records started becoming a little bit more trendy in the past three to five years. It just kind of it became back that ass up was opener filler in the beginning. And in the last mm-hmm, five years, three to five years, it became a huge record, just like um, Swag Surfing. Do you know what I mean? It's just one of those records that kind of came. Swag Surfing, man. Yeah, like all of these hood <laughs> records that we kind of forgot about or that were like filler records. And in like some regions. Yeah. Anything Travis put, it, put out. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. because of listen, like, like yeah, that. Uh, the, listen, Chopper Style. Chopper style is like prime time now. Anything by the Yin Yang Twins yeah. will get you through yeah. like one and one thirty a.m. All that yeah, shit yeah, used to sure. be opener, right? I'm glad mm-hmm. the only shit that didn't survive from that opener era is all like the Pitbull stuff. <laughs> Thank God you don't have to play that shit. No, I give me I know you won't say that to Adrian. But I Listen, think one more black I'm sorry, I can't concede that like. Lean back or baby boy or whatever. Like lean back is infinitely a bigger club song in history of clubs than back that ass up. It's not even close. Lean I don't know back about that. Like a song that is, I don't not know. in America. <laughs> you couldn't escape lean back for ten years. But you know why Desa saying this too, right? Desa, you you was in Miami in full bloom when the Terror Squad was running Miami. You know what I mean? When Yo, so when Lean Back, back Scott Storch, and the right? Terror Squad and, and remember Ju- who was um what's his name Roman's bro- little brother wasn't he Terror Squad? Terror yeah, Squad. It's, Ro- it's Roman Jones. Roman, Roman Jones. Jones brother, yeah. Jones. Chris He's Jones, like Terror Squad, was such in. They had such a presence in Miami that I understand what Diz is talking Bro. about. Yeah, All right, but he's trying to transpose that onto the entire uh, country, <laughs> yeah. and that is not the truth. Lean Back was a number one. Record Lean Back has like- been an opener song in DC since few years after it came out. Lean Back, I promise you. All right, guys, you will not hear a DJ play Lean let's, Back in, in DC. Let, let's Go. vote right now. Lean Look, Back, I'm Lean good. Back. Everybody that votes in favor of Lean Back over Back That Ass. You can't do that. You now. can't do that. You Bro. can't. That's not. Fair. Fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. Why is that not fair? Because I would go to Miami and I would hear like I would hear Dizza or like Ross One or Jessica Who play Swag Surfing in like 2010 and or like 2015 or whatever. And I'm like, yo, this is a dead record. Why are they still playing this? And then it came back and I'm like, holy shit. I got this is record is huge. I gotta I gotta bring this song back. You know, I would be like, yo, this record's huge. And Dizzle would come up to me and be like, yo, we've been playing that shit. Like we've been playing that uh, shit. Just like you, like dance from for Lean Back that comes out soon. <laughs> that shit is dead forever. <laughs> lean back, listen, lean back was the number one record for I don't months. Hear. <laughs> for months. Bro, if you play Lean Back, I would never in the place get crazy. No, but but that ass up is gonna be around forever. If you, go down, if you go down, you go anywhere down south, you hear back, back that ass up, man. That shit is like, back, like the Holy Grail record, bro. Like Yo. that shit is like church. <laughs> I'm not saying that one song. The argument I'm not. I'm not making the argument that one song is better than the other. 
I don't care about that argument. One song I think is better than the other, and that's Back That Ass Up. <laughs> but Lean Back is a song that you'll be playing at fucking white people's weddings 30 years from now. Like, that's a massive <laughs> yeah. song. It's not, it's not even close. Sure, you'll <laughs> sure. There's a lot of songs too? you can play in the, at, the, yeah, you're at, a, at, a, at a white person's wedding that you're not playing at any of your gigs, and the Lean Back is, is not getting played. Like, like Swipe Surf. Look, white no, people's no, wedding. No offense, Sean, but this shit gets to white people last. You know what I mean? So, like, what I'm trying to say is, it's going to be played in everybody else's shit. 30 years from now, too. And it happened to be a number one song that was around forever. Back That Ass Up was never that. Back That Ass Up is in the swag surfing category of songs, yeah. which is like a massive song that'll have like little moments of impacts throughout history. It'll it'll fade in a year and it'll come back in three years or whatever. But Lean Back will always be there every I, night. I think it's, in, I think it's that not there right the, now. What are you Back That about? Ass Up is in the category of like, California love. <laughs> this is how we do it. In so is club. lean back. Yeah. So is lean back. But it's not going to go away ever. Crooked, can you moderate? I'm enjoying this. Can you moderate? <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I would, <laughs> I would want, I would, I would listen to ten more minutes of this right now. I guess yeah, Momo oh, wants so to move crook, on. All right, crook, we'll let move. me say. Hold on, let me say my last thing before we move on. Crook. This has nothing oh, to do with God. like arguments, argument take or whatever. I just feel like the, from what I grew up in, the music that that I listened to, and and the 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 way I lived in DC and the culture I was around. Uh, Manny Fresh's production was more culturally relevant, which spoke more to me and meant more to me at the time that it came out and mm -hmm. throughout throughout time, across time, not just then, but it's still now. Right. It still impacts me. And, and uh, I feel like Scott Storch's music was pop straight to the like straight off the presses to the club, mm -hmm. to the radios. And it didn't mean it's, it didn't mean much of anything to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that. Now, now, hold on. Now, now, this is strictly my opinion. Now, those songs, a lot of them, I do play. Like Run It, like Chris Brown, Run It. I always play that song. Great song. Uh, mm -hmm. Scott Storch has a bunch of bangers. You know what I'm saying? But Manny Fresh's catalog, <coughs> where I'm from, and the people that I grew up around and came up around, it means so much more to them yeah. than anything Scott Storch has ever done or or ever thought of doing. Respect, <laughs> but that's not the. That's not what <laughs> I get it. I say that's why I'm not arguing. <laughs> I, I started that with a caveat that I'm not ar I'm not <laughs> arguing this. Oh, yeah, not, this is my uh, my personal thing. Chilling, you know. I, I'll say one last thing. I'll say one last <laughs> thing. I just want to see. <laughs> Everyone's gonna say one last thing. I like it. <laughs> I think you're dying too, bro. I moved to France and uh, from Miami to France, and I swear to God, like if you put rap radio, the only thing that were that was playing was all those records. Which means that if in France they were playing them, they're also playing them in the UK and Germany, and of course they were playing them in America. I'm I'm trying to say like Scott Storch should have never battled Manny Fresh because it's not the same. Like if you see, I like, agree. Just Blaze and Swiss Beats and uh, whoever the fuck does jingles on their songs. Cool, like that's that's who you bet, you know. But Scott Storch should have gone against like Max Martin or Juicy or J. Or yeah, shit. Juicy J. Yeah. Like number what one. about DJ Mustard? That's well, rough yeah. too, right? I, I, I'm not. I, I don't disagree with this. Uh, this take, Adrian. Yes, Mustard. for sure. <laughs> it was. It's different. No, no, no. Finally, it's different. They like it. It was. It was. It was. It was mad different. Like they don't. They're not even the same. They're not at the same lane. Like also, I don't even put them in the same. Also, Stratosphere as far as say, production. Scott Storch is not a one-dimensional producer. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at Manny his, Fresh is. If, yeah. if you look at Scott Storch's discography, he doesn't just have hits. He has a lot of like album cuts for a lot of artists that matter in certain regions of, of the country, like in LA, 
or in Philly or whatever. You know, like he's not just like a he's not just like a hit maker. Like his mm -hmm. discography is like very thorough. He's worked with a lot of artists. Like yeah. he's not just like some dude that only makes hits. You know, you I think it's Spencer. I think it's I think it's interesting that you listen to like Cash Money albums because like how many yeah, of y'all? Yeah. I mean, how many people have listened to a Cash Money album? I've, I okay. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like I've like I never, I would never, like in New York, when Cash Money came out, we were like juvenile, like, yo, that's kind of dope. Like, that's yeah. maybe one of the better Dirty South songs that we've heard. And then, put it this way, and then, I know every yeah. song on, on Juvenile's first, I, I know every word on yeah. Juvenile's first. And then album. when, and then. 400 Degrees, yeah, 400 yeah. Degrees yeah. was a yeah, but, I mean yeah, that's not I'm even the, his first I'm album, but yeah, like, Soldier Rags was his I first album. I mean, for me, album, well, sorry, I'm saying <laughs> Lil Wayne's Lil I'm, I'm like, yeah, but Crooked, that's not. It's like you're you're basically like like you asking if if people from down here have listened to Cash Money albums is like asking people from Louisiana if they listen to like Duck Down Records. Like mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's just like not. But that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Is that like you know? Like, like yeah. Jared is not listening to Helter Skelter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. not true though. That's not true. My brother was listening to Hell's Hold on. I told Crook. I told Crook this on. I told Crook this when I was on the podcast the last time that my brother was listening to a bunch of that New York shit. I he had the CDs around the crib, so I knew you know Helter Skelter and, and you know all, all some of that New York shit. But that was not like ingrained in us. So it was it yeah. the way y'all were looking at Juvenile was the way I was looking at yeah yeah down record. Like there were select songs that would kind of leak into New York exactly. into the radio, and we'd be like. That's good. You know, that's dope. Or we'd be like, that's whack and it would grow on us. But we were, I was never like, I remember looking at Cash Money like, what are these bootleg ass album covers? You know, like, mm -hmm. what are these like horrible videos with no budget? You know what I mean? It was just like yeah. one of those things where we saw it as like, yo, this is like literally like, this we, is. We didn't think it would last. We yeah. thought it was just like a passing. But the thing is, video. I think, dude, Scott Starch should have been going up against like a Pharrell, right? Mm. Like something like that. I'm a little more partial to what Spencer is saying because I grew up in LA and Cash Money was huge in LA. Mm. So yeah, like Cash Money and Manny, No Limit for some reason. Manny like he yeah, curated. Now I remember that No Limit sound. Like he was producing, but he was like A and R. He he curated that whole shit. And so for me, I'm a little more partial to him. But they they should have been battling each other. It wasn't even that, that he should have been going up against a Pharrell. Real lit, real lit, like some shit like that. You know what I mean? The only battle that matters is Teddy Riley against Babyface. Yeah, it's happening. That's, that's dope. this Saturday. Real yeah. for real. Oh no, man! What? What? What's that? Six, right? It's not fair, man. I think Teddy Riley gonna kill Babyface. Really? Yeah, yeah. Teddy Riley's gonna I'm, win. Teddy Riley's gonna yeah. win. Yeah, I'm whenever. Yeah, man. His his catalog just from the '80s alone would do it. Damn, man. I'm I'm a but listen, big Babyface fan still, though. I grew up like yeah, that was my too. that was my era. Like you know what uh, I mean? Me too, and then I learned I learned yeah. See, and I learned about Teddy Riley. See, when I was growing up. I just I was like I was like Teddy Riley with guy. I was like that shit is cool. And I was like Rum Shaker. I was like that's that's a reach for Teddy Riley, but okay, that's cool. And then like Babyface just was like all over. Every shorty I would see like I was the soundtrack to everything. Babyface in the 90s. But he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of dance records. No, he exactly. doesn't. He's more R&B, yeah, but and yeah. Teddy Riley yeah, has so the like, hip hop and R&B, yeah, but you gotta also think yeah. of these mega groups. And yo, Teddy Riley has the entire Dangerous album by Michael Jackson, <laughs> the entire album, <laughs> and he and has the majority. We go like against that, that. Yeah. like that whole New Jack Swing era was all the Jack yeah. Swing shit. Yeah, so much. Yeah. Keith Sweat, I'll be sure. Come on, sure? wow, cool, even cool, Mo D. <laughs> 
Wait, we can't shit on Babyface like this. I gotta look up Babyface's disaster. That guy. That guy. Right now, he has Black Street. Oh my God, yo! But you know what? He's still like Babyface is still making hits right now. Yeah, yo, I'm just trying. Who, 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 Adrian? Babyface. I couldn't hear you. I just, I just, I just want to know, like, what song are they gonna follow up? It takes two. No diggity. Uh, do you remember by Michael Jackson? Like, what are they gonna follow? How are they gonna battle those? Songs he's gonna follow it up with. He's it. gonna follow it up with Whip Appeal. That's what he's gonna follow up. That's what. He's not. Bro, I mean, but Babyface. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, Teddy Riley may have more like jams, but mm -hmm. how do you follow up End of the Road? Yes, yeah. man. Right? How do you Baby, follow that up? Babyface has more timeless <laughs> classics. Teddy Yo, he has Madonna's "Take a Bow." Like, come on! It's, All right, it's so a, so Babyface, baby the Tony Brat, Babyface. Wait, wait, wait. Babyface has Bobby Brown, right? Don't be cruel. Every little oh, he step. He does. Don't be cruel. Every oh. little step. Every little. He has TLC too. By yes, the way. he has TLC. Yeah, Moma, isn't this isn't this? Uh, L.A. Reid involved in this since yeah, uh, yeah. That was yeah. all yeah, like the, 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 yeah. the yeah. I saw is Babyface versus Teddy Riley. Babyface, no, it's Babyface, Babyface and L.A. Reid. Yeah. Babyface did production uh, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I just wanted to know, was it did, did they did they promote it as Babyface and L.A. Reid? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah. they don't have Babyface. They don't have L.A. Reid in the promo because Swiss Beats posted. He posted Babyface. I saw it. I saw it. That opens up. That opens up. Also, Babyface has. Your favorite song, Moma, Can We Talk, Tevin Campbell. He has Ooh. he has Tony Braxton, right? All of Tony the, Braxton's the first, catalog. The first two albums he put out, they did right. everything on it. He has the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. To Exhale soundtrack. Yo, oh. the whole soundtrack, bro. Um, yo, it's, it's pretty. I mean, towards the Sarah. 2000s, he kind of disappears a little bit. You know what I mean? Not like in the mid-90s, I think. He yeah, to like the late 90s, Hon yeah. Honestly, yeah. though... He does have he does have those Bobby Brown hits like those are fucking really big. Those like, are he monsters. Has a shot. Oh like, yeah, he has a shot. You want me, Brandy? He Sitting. wrote the didn't seven. He, didn't he write? Yeah. He wrote. He wrote Rock with You, right? Yeah, yeah he, did. he did the whole album. Okay. No, he didn't do um my provocative. Teddy Riley did that. Mm, yeah. Woo! They can go back to back on Bobby. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't tuned into a single battle, but I'm not missing that one. I don't care I what time either. it is in South Africa. I'm tuning in. <laughs> it's also. I, I actually watched the recap for the for the Scott's Torch and. Uh, like I saw a little bit of it, and I'm like, these dudes are old and boring, yo. Like they're just smoking weed. And it was it was boring as hell. They need dude, a host. Oh, that was cool, B. But they, check this one out. It was it was boring as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they need a host, is what they need. They need like Swiss beats. They need a host. Yeah, like in yeah. the middle of it, like amping the shit up and talking shit in the middle. Like that's what they need. But they haven't figured out how to do like three people lives, right? It's only two, right? Yeah, only two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, listen, I, I think we're all waiting for Zuckerberg to buy Zoom. You know what I mean? Yeah. As soon as Zuckerberg <laughs> buys Zoom, you're gonna have these like nine screen displays on your instagram <laughs> it's just a matter of time that's gonna be fucking i'd also be totally fine if he just never bought anything else again too. Like, <laughs> what was there any other beat battles that was recent or that was a it was the dream versus uh sean John, garrett John Taylor. Garrett. oh yeah. oh yeah yeah sean yeah. garrett yeah yeah i didn't see that one i just saw the i didn't watch afterwards. that did you guys see the john tay austin and neo one that one looked good i heard neo i heard neo got washed though yeah john tay austin started playing yeah we belong together and all these fucking records. I know he wrote Don't by Bryson Tiller. I didn't know he, he wrote did Bryson Elias. Tiller. That's crazy. Yeah. No, he, no. He I wrote, heard that he wrote, I heard that he wrote the, the song that was sampled in Don't. The song yeah. that they sampled to make that song 
was a was a Johnson Austin count? song. So does that count? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be there if if he wouldn't have written the original. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of dope. It's like the DJ playing a sample. Yeah, you know, yeah I'm not mad DJs at it. Drop a sample and people get <laughs> yeah. open. I kind of wanted to go around and see who were like maybe some of the more prominent producers that kind of influenced you or, or affected you, inspired you. With me, I feel like Marley Mar and a Bomb Squad. Really? Like all that Public Enemy, nobody was doing production like that with all them samples. Mm -hmm. To piggyback to piggyback on, on what you just said, Nevo. Yeah. Like my favorite producers of all time, they've like changed over the years, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like the 90s, my favorite producers was definitely the Bomb Squad, mm -hmm. definitely Pete Rock, mm -hmm. definitely yep. Premier. And now that's the one. The only one of the 90s that's still my favorite producers right now, producer is Q-Tip. Because <laughs> I feel like he's the only one, his music... Has like transcended all the generations. Like at everyday people, I'll drop Benita Applebone from the top, and people will lose it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. uh, what's the joint? Find Find Your Way, the Janet Jackson joint. Like Tip to me is like he's almost like uh, the link between like the OG shit and the Neptunes, and that's I, my I segue totally into my you. other yeah, yeah. into my other favorite producers of all time. It's like between Tip. And the Neptunes, I'm confident that I'm going to be playing their music as long as I'm DJing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why they're my yeah. favorite producers. Sean. Yeah, my favorite producers are Pharrell. Pharrell, because yeah. Because of that. That early 2000, like, he just had from Mystical Danger to the clips um, grinding. Like, I grew up, like, banging that pen on the school desk trying to make the grinding beat. So, to me, yeah. I'm surprised Pharrell. you said Pharrell. Yeah. Pharrell. Surprised you said, everything you mentioned is the Neptunes. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say that same thing. Like, there is such a distinction in sound between, quality between, between Pharrell and the Neptunes, Neptunes for sure. The Neptunes is such a yeah. higher level of production. Why well, you guys Pharrell, doing Neptunes. it like that, bro? That's what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, nah, yo, because no, we got to write for Chad Hugo, man. We got to write for Chad, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Pharrell's Chad's a fucking and genius. Neptunes, and the Neptune's production are not, not the same. Bro. Yeah, because not, it's not the same thing. Jamie, if you if you actually look back on Pharrell's discography, Pharrell's mm -hmm. is like that, Um, what is that Gwen Stefani song? Do you like it like that? Can I have it like that? Yeah, that was on Pharrell's album. Can I have yeah, yeah, yeah. but that like, can I have it like that? Um, what was that? Blue Magic. That's like Pharrell production. Does that make sense? It's, it's, oh, okay. yeah. So yeah, Mr. So Mitsu, all the classic yeah. songs, all the classic songs that really knock forever. Ludacris, Front and Jay Z, back, all the back Jay -Z that ass stuff. up. All the Jay Z shit. All the shit that we're gonna really play forever is mostly Neptune's. Neptune. Yeah, like Slave for You by Britney Spears. Uh, Allure, yo Mo, Allure, Jay Z, Allure. That's a uh, Pharrell. That's just the robot stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, let me Google that Khalees shit because I gotta know. Sean, what was you saying? You was about to say a producer before? Yeah, for me in LA, that was Madlib. Madlib. That takes me back to a time when I like fell in love with Turntable Records and, and yeah. you know when that loop, first Loop Pack album came out, and then I love that album, that Loop Pack album. Yeah. You know, just be. I was a young kid back then with like some of the older folks in the neighborhood knew them dudes, so they were just yeah. gods to me. So for me, for me, it would be Madlib, and then I hated everything popular for a while, and then I think the Neptune uh, <laughs> was Madlib the like funk dubious and shit. No, no, no that's totally different. Yeah, no. it was right. I somehow yeah. put it together. Like uh, Allure, Allure is produced by the Neptunes. It is. Ah, oh, is it? Makes sense. Okay. What about you, Addy, producer? What producer? I said like Dave Kelly. Tony Kelly, yeah. to um, Dave Kelly produced like Showtime Rhythm and like Get a Story by Shem, mm. Joyride Rhythm. Wow. Like, none of the biggest rhythms in the 90s was produced by 
these two brothers, Dave Kelly and Tony Kelly. So like for them, I would say those are my I mean obviously the Pharrells and everybody, but like for dancehall, for them, like them man there is most influential to me. What about who else? Who else? Well, we know this is Scott Storch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I actually have, I have like two categories, right? Like I have like the producers I like like because like that's what I got into music with. And that shit is kind of weird. Like I like like Buck Wild and like, I don't know. Like, really? Buck and Wild? Evil D, and Evil D and like Random and P-Rock. Like just like the weird underground shit. is Back, like Backpack? You know, yeah, that's like my backpack shit that kind of got me into like music. But then uh -huh. it's like I don't, you know, on the top forty shit, I don't really have like I don't really have like much love for producers. I just acknowledge that they're really good at making music. But it's not like I root for them or I care about them specifically more than like you know what I mean. It's like, like I don't know. I, I never had the biggest like uh, NERD fandom, but I can acknowledge or like Neptune's fandom. But I I could acknowledge that all their songs are like amazing. Yeah, you know. But, yeah. It just never really resonated with me in a way that like N.E.R.D. <laughs> now big and Sly and Robbie too. Sly and Robbie is um definitely Sly and Robbie for sure. Yeah. yeah. What what it was? They made Bam 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 Bam. Oh, Bam, Bam wow, right yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. You know, that's like a classic drum loop right there. Like that one. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> like house music too, like uh, Kenny Dope and like Armand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that Rich was talking about hip hop because. There's yeah. so many other genres. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody who I mean, Quincy Jones mentioned. is out here. Quincy Jones, like, what about me, fellas? What about me? Yeah, I feel like everybody who people everybody going mention is like similar to what I would have seen like the hip hop producer world. That's why I would have mentioned somebody in the dancehall world. Who do you think Quincy Jones could could uh, go head to head with himself? Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> who you got? Who you guys before we before we move on, I think my, my favorite not to cut everybody off, but that's someone that probably doesn't get a lot of love is Easy Moby. Like that's my favorite mm. producer of yeah. all time. Yeah, we got some hits because he was by coastal in a time where a lot of a lot of producers were kind of regional. Like a lot of the early Ice Cube stuff, Tupac stuff. Like that's what I grew up on, and he was all over that shit. Yeah, yeah. And then he still fucked with a lot of East Coast shit with Biggie. You know, with Raekwon. Like he was on Ready to Die Heavy. So uh, he's. To me, like that sound always resonated with me. He still DJs um, around yeah. New York, man. Amazing DJ, yeah. incredible, know, yeah. incredible crates, all vinyl. Just he does a, he does a IG live like every night. Does he? I didn't even. Yeah. I gotta yeah. see that shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. He does it on vinyl. Wow, Spencer, did you did you did you think of a producer? Oh, I was. I mean, I, as as soon as Mama said uh, Neptune's, I was like, I figure everybody else is gonna say that, and that's that's like so. like like my probably my favorite. Uh, Neptune's Pharrell and Nerd all wrapped in together is like my favorite yeah, sound. Sonically, the my my favorite thing to listen to hip hop wise. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Or like, yeah, um, Manny Fresh. So, I like Manny Fresh a lot, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Neptune's are great for us because it's right that it's that mix of listenability and playability. You know, as yeah, DJs, we also have to play music. We don't just listen mm -hmm. to it. So, I mean, yeah. they get points in like different categories. I had a question for y'all. Who would you guys take between Timberland and a Pharrell if they go head to head? Well, did you did you see that uh, Swiss Beats posted? He's like, I'm just gonna put this out there. I don't know if this will Kanye happen. Pharrell, Kanye against Pharrell. Uh, that's hey, a pretty good Kanye matchup. Pharrell will watch him. Like, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'll say easy. 
Really? It's not easy. Does not easy. Not have, easy. Like, but even close to the number level of number one songs or like charting songs that for that Neptunes have. Like I don't think so. No. 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 Really no not even close. Shit and like a couple close. of other people here and there. But like, that's what I was about to say, Adrian. Right? Yeah, that he doesn't. He had it. He doesn't have that much range. He didn't do a lot of different production for a lot of different imagine, people. Imagine how goofy you sound. Like, uh you know, Pharrell plays like a hit, and then you follow it up with Gold Digger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but dude, he. He did so much stuff for Common. He did so much shit for Slum Village. Not I, 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 he, he has range. What 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 I think is Kanye's beats are a lot of them are sample based, and those things usually play well in a beat battle. Mm -hmm. What's the joint he did for Cameron? You know that yeah. down and out, down, down and out, down, down. Oh, yeah. down and out. That shit will kill in a beat battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the, he's got. I think if you were to narrow it down to twenty, it would be closer than we think. He was doing production before he was rapping. Oh, but are we doing hold on? Yeah. But see now we're changing it to now we're changing it to beats. It's it, a producer it a battle. It's, it's all or is it's, it a hit? It's all producer. It's a hit when it's, it's all producer. It's we're not talking producer. about hits. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, uh, about like about what I'm saying for real. said we was talking about hits. Now you know what it is. It it also to me, I think it depends on showmanship and how the the producer drops his shit. So if someone drops yeah, like that. a if someone drops like a love song, you could be like, yo, man, you know, if I just like if Kanye just dropped like you know some crazy Kanye could just drop like even a song that I wouldn't even like think would normally hit like Theraflu. Remember that song where he was just rhyming uh -huh. like Theraflu? Yeah, if he just yeah. dropped that <laughs> after like some. Some like real like uh just some soft ass nerd or Pharrell or Neptune shit. Yeah, that shit would hit so yeah, hard. You just be like, yo, he just smashed that. So it's that just really on showmanship. You know what I mean? That song sucks. We're also acting like Pharrell doesn't have like hard beats. Like grinding no, is hard. It know? is. Like, he has all those clips hits, man. But a lot of shit that got fucked up. With, a lot of shit that got fucked up to me with Scott Storch is just the way he played the shit. And the yeah. way he ended and he was the, the keys too. And you got to end the song right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. wasn't feeling the way he was ending it. Like he would just cut it off in the middle, and I was just like, oh man, like it's kind of ruined. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least Manny had the no, the wherewithal to like echo his shit out. It kind of like made sense. Start, Scott Storch was just dropping the volume. Like all right, what's next? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yo, it kind of like was weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was so. And uh, actually, you know what? It would. I don't think it would be a fair battle because everything that Pharrell. Would have brought to the table he would have produced you know but kanye has so many like in-house yeah. producers working for him like yes, what, what's, what's the biggest kanye song in the club it's uh father stretch my hands more or less right right now it's yeah. one of the bigger ones right in the club. now yeah that's yeah. i think hudson mohawk produced that but kanye's it's credit is the producer it's like dj dodger stadium and fucking hudson mohawk and it sucks because nowadays <laughs> i don't really pay attention to who the producers are i really don't look at the producers as much and it's because i, I don't get to see the credits you know like yeah. when i'm looking at the music i would love if i like in streaming if they just showed the credits i would totally spotify kind of gives you some some of the credits but yeah sometimes you, it's can, you, you have to click though yeah you got to yeah. click though like the, like they, the more option yeah. you know nowadays because there was nowadays the, i feel like it's yeah. uh, one bunch of people working on one song you know it's not like one producer like back in the days where it, mm -hmm. it would be just Scott Storch. it's like a hundred man putting into one song they're really missing an opportunity to do like a a bracket like a march madness style bracket and you just like see like number two seeds so like who would be number one obviously not manny fresh 
but maybe like no, nah, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> but, like, you know, <laughs> like the number number one. is Kanye even a number one? Like, are we sure he's a number one seed? I don't think he's. He a might. Guy. He I mean, might. There's only five. four number one seeds. I don't think so. He would probably be the a four number seed. ones. Would be you would yeah, have the, the Neptunes. Neptunes. Timberland. Well, wait, hold on. Is Timberland. this a hip hop thing or is this an all time? Is this a Neptunes? It's a hip. Let's keep it hip hop. Hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop. Hip hop. You have the Neptunes. So you would have you would have Neptunes. You have Timberland. Timberland, Jermaine Dupri, oh, yeah. Scott. Jermaine Dupri got to be in there. Yeah, Jermaine Dupri. Oh, Jermaine yeah. Dupri. Yeah, Jermaine Dupri, definitely. Jermaine what about Dupree. Scott? It was, I mean, and then you'd have some, yeah, yeah. then you'd have guys like Just Blaze, Scott. And then you'd oh, have yeah. to put Dr. Dre in there as well, like Dr. Oh, Dre. Oh, Dre. Dre's yeah. the one scene. Dre. Dre's the one scene. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put Dr. Dre in there as well. DJ yeah, Quick, can DJ Quick get some love? Yeah, Quick. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, come on, we're gonna Definitely like Quick is like Quick might be a four or five seed. Number seven. Where's Daz go? Where's Daz go? Daz got. There's a bunch of producers though, like the newer ones that maybe we like don't really think are. Zaytoven. Kind of should be Zaytoven. Yeah, maybe like Zaytoven or like you know. I love Zaytoven. Mustard. Mike will made mustard, it. Mustard Mike definitely. Will. Yeah. Mustard, yeah. Mike will is massive. Like, Can yeah. beat the good one. Yeah. Mike and who, will. And who's the young homie uh, who did all, who did all the Neptunes? Um, uh, no, not I'm sorry. Who did the Migos shit? Oh, oh. Me- Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin. Yeah. Metro Boomin. Yeah. Metro Boomin's yeah. up there. Yeah, for sure. The white youth. Name the white youth. London on the track. London on That's the track. London, yeah, London, London on the track. Did you guys? Did you guys? London's got hit. Did you guys oh, see boy the? Wonder? Yeah. Boy yeah. Did you guys see the hip hip Part boy? Hip boy and boy hip wonder. Boy and boy wonder. Yeah. Did you guys see I that? I saw battle? some of that. I Look, didn't see I'm that. Keeping real with you, I'm not watching any of those things. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> I watched that one. Boy wonder had an advantage because he worked with Drake and he like he had like massive Drake records. Hip boy does too, though. No. A hip. Hippo has Paris. Hippo has a bunch of Beyonce hits. So it's kind of like, it's just the way, I don't know, Boy Wonder was just like selling him really, really fast. Yeah, I heard Boy but, Wonder smashed him. Like, just yeah. fucking smash yeah. him out. He, yeah. he stunned him. But he, I mean, not to no credit, discredit Hippo, he has hits. But I don't know. It was Boy Wonder just came in with some Drake fucking shit that I was like, fuck. <laughs> you can't beat that. You, you can't beat somebody. You can't beat zero to 100. Like, what do you, what do you even follow that up with? You can't throw. Can't be zero to a hundred. That beat goes, Tracy. <laughs> Look at Spencer. Why would you? <laughs> I think you'd have to split the bracket into two sides. You know, one side could be like the 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 two thousands producers that we mentioned, and the other side would be like these All younger dudes age. from twenty tens and later. It's two two and then, decades. How about you do two different? And then decades? they meet. And then, no, but then yeah. like the winner of each meets in the final. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That because then because I don't think it's it's like it's apples and oranges to put them all in the same draw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But I yeah. think it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see like, you know, Pharrell versus Boy Wonder or whatever. Because Pharrell or Kanye or somebody like that could go toe to toe against against somebody like that. Before we wrap this up, I kinda wanna just kinda go around, you know, the whole Shell Corp and uh just kinda see what you guys what you guys are doing in your spare time and what you're looking forward to and blah. I can I think we all in agreement that I've never appreciated DJing or working more in my life. Like I miss that shit a lot. So <laughs> I never thought I'd miss DJing in a club, um, but Mm -hmm. I actually do miss it right now. But yeah, Yeah. I want to kind of just go around. Yeah, go around. Sean, what do you what do what have you been doing with your spare time and then uh, right now? Yeah, yeah, like trying to learn new, uh, just just different theory stuff and like diving down to YouTube. (laughs) I've spent so much time on YouTube, just Mm -hmm. 
you know, bought a couple of new little plugins and, and just being creative that with that and then building also building with Drew, figuring out what's next. We got we're working on some radio stuff with Shaba. Just trying to stay creative. Yeah, because Bird has a background in production as well. I know he did uh, a couple joint. I think yeah, he, he did, got he did something with Mac Miller, right? Didn't he? He had a production credit with Mac yeah, Miller he, as well. Yeah, he did. He got a couple with Mixie with, mm-hmm. with Nipsey, some stuff with Dom. Uh, yeah. he, he did one or two with Mac. That's dope. Yeah, so we so we've been working, bouncing stuff back and forth, and then also you know Billy's a beast on the song, songwriting. So dope, Spencer. What's up? Honestly, bro, I've been doing a lot of uh, like health oriented stuff, like work, like cooking all my meals, like eating really clean and working out, like signed up for this at home workout thing, riding my bike like 10, 15 miles a day. Hmm. Like just focus on, you know, how you know how hard it is working in the club and like how hard it is to get up and go to the gym or whatever after a long night. So just getting in, in the best shape I can. I mean, I, I want it's something I want to do anyway. Really been thinking about what's next because I don't I don't see a promising future uh, DJing for me. Well, we gonna so, we gonna see know. you on we gonna see you li- on live stream real soon. I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I, after this, bro, it'll be Spanish. Cash App Spencer Tracy. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't be. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm gonna try soon to like uh, pivot out of this world, man. I don't know. No, nah, I don't say Dude. that. Transition? Nah, don't say that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Expand, sure. expand the world. Yeah, just you don't, don't DJ as get, much. You don't gotta get out of it. We, yeah, we need I mean, you. I'm gonna still rock with these guys. You know, like if I get the call from Momo or, or nah, whoever. Nah, I like, only book real TJs. Like, I don't want him to admit No, no, half DJ. But, I'm, but I mean, it's just, not, I mean, it's, you know, I want to do, I want to do other things. And I'm, look, I've, I I know how to DJ. The skill is not going anywhere. I'm not about to just like never DJ again, but I just want to do some other stuff. And this time is okay. kind of like giving me, time. giving me some time to like think freely and think about what's next. It, it's know. always good to have like some side projects that you're working on and some yeah, other focuses yeah. to do. Yeah. And that this is yeah. a good time to do that. I'm, I'm all for that. But yeah, don't ever yeah. say I'm going to give up DJing because I'm not going to yeah, give yeah. it up totally. I'm just yeah. saying I don't want it to be my main focus and take up so much of my, my you know, my mental. I want to be able to do some other things. And I feel like yeah. the way I've been going, I hadn't been able to focus on other things. So this little break mm-hmm. is giving me some Because sometimes, like, I, I was like you. I was juggling a bunch of things, and then I kind of looked back, and I was like, damn, if I just focused on DJing instead of doing all of this other shit in the past 10 years, my career maybe would have been, like, a, a totally different thing. Does that make sense? So you kind of oh, got yeah, just, no, like... Dude. You, kinda, well, you, yeah. you always said that, Cook. Huh? Like if you, you always said that. Like if you didn't have the store, you'd be like, if you would have concentrated on just DJing, you could have been like, yeah, it could have went forever. Maybe I also think I would have been an asshole. Like you know, like I think, <laughs> I think when I had a store and I was designing and I was doing production and working with factory workers and working with employees and and having to do all of these things, it humbled me a lot more as, as mm-hmm. opposed to just being like a DJ and being like in my own creative world. And your DJ, it's like, you're the, you're, your main focus is like, it's all about me. I got to market me. It's like, I got to be on the flyer. My name's not big enough on the flyer. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you just become obsessed with, it's like being obsessed with yourself and you're just like a big ball of ego after that. But I think mm-hmm. you're like. Listen, yeah. if it's any consolation, yeah. Krug, if it's any consolation, some people still think you're an asshole. So don't worry. You know? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Present company excluded. I would have been a much bigger asshole if anyone could imagine. <laughs> yeah. You still succeeded at that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't reach higher than what you were supposed to be at. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Addy? I know you're going to continue the live streams. Yeah. yeah. No, I guess, yeah, whenever I catch our vibe, but. 
I mean, right now I just really trying to focus on building like Bashment as like a record label. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Putting out like I basically just the same mission, just trying to take um dance or reggae music to the next level always, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um I definitely do want to DJ less, you know, cause I feel like like Spencer said I just don't want it to be my main thing. Like mm-hmm. I want uh, yeah, I want to be putting out records and like curating events and doing merch shit like that. So do you guys yeah. do you guys say that you guys want to kind of not have DJing be your main thing because of the situation that's happened now where you're kind of like wow this was my main no, thing No I I think that was my mentality before go like before this happened you can even ask Spencer like yeah my yeah, two we weeklies I quit I, I quit my both weeklies and this night when I was like yo I'm not doing no more weeklies anymore mm-hmm. they had the lockdown there was it was done so I was like yo this is a sign like I oh, shouldn't wow. be doing it so it just happened in the right time I feel like it it happened for a reason so me I'm not stressing I'm like I'm not tripping about not DJing for two months. I'm like, whatever. When I DJ, it's going to be cool, and then it's going to be fun. And, you know, this, I always say when, when you have your own parties and they get bigger and bigger, it's a lot of emotional labor. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you really give a lot, especially yeah, if you yeah. do one or two a week. Mm-hmm. So when we rock parties together, you know, it, it's, those are some of the very few instances where we want headline. Like, if mm-hmm. I go to Peach Fuzz and, you know, I see Dizza got me, and and Spencer, like, this is just going to open up because he's got other shit to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll headline. Or if, like, I got these homes at Everyday People, I'm like, yo, I want you guys to rock from four to nine and I'm just going to come and close. And I think as much as we enjoy DJing and as much as we enjoy our parties, it's a different type of anxiety that we get. So right now, mm-hmm. it's really, like, an amazing downtime, you know? Yeah, it yeah. sucks that the circumstances are fucked up. Right. The whole planet, more or less. Well, the thing is, right, right? Just on a on a micro level. Yeah. To piggy to piggyback off what Moma's saying, like no matter what you were doing three weeks ago, we're all doing the same shit now. Mm-hmm. So it's like a perfect time to kind of figure out what direction you want to go after mm-hmm. this. Maybe come up with a game plan and maybe start implementing it when you didn't really have that ability three or four weeks ago, five weeks ago, where you're thinking, ah, well, what if I take off this residence? Like somebody else is going to take it and then maybe my shit doesn't pop off and then I don't have the money coming in again and whatever. Well, now no one has the money coming in. (laughs) So you might as well take time to figure out what you're going to do inside or outside of DJing, whether you want to go a a certain direction with your DJing or whether you want to leverage your DJ career to other things. Like maybe this is a time for certain people, like maybe me, I've not that I'm thinking about it, but maybe I would be a musical director. Maybe Spencer will be a musical director at a club. Like maybe he wants to transition to that, or maybe, you know, you want to work in events. Like, you know how to throw parties. You want Mm -hmm. to do something else. You know, like, I, I think moments like these, like in history, like whether it's like the crash that happened 12 years ago or the one that happens in the 90s, that happened in the 90s, it's a lot of like resetters, you know, none have been as like thorough as this, but it's definitely an opportunity to like reestablish yourself or pivot to something else, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us would be lying if we weren't talking about or at least thinking about all the different possibilities we can have outside of DJing whether we're going to continue DJing or whether we're going to go towards something else. So I understand why Jared is is saying that. I do think he loves DJing so much that he probably won't do it. 
but I, I understand his mentality. You know what I'm saying? Is that kind of where yeah. you are, Dizza, a little bit? No, actually, in the last year, like, <clears throat> and I don't even think it's related to Peach Buzz. I think maybe it's like an age thing. Like, I just kind of started, like, really liking DJing again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some shit that I still won't do, but I also have been DJing less less than ever. You know, like, I the last, like, year, the three years before that, I, I was literally, like, the only thing I cared about was making as much money as possible. And now, you know... I live with my girlfriend, like I have a dog, which sounds ridiculous, but like, I want to be home. I want to take time to myself and like really figure out. Plus I have, you know, we have Andrew and that, that takes a lot out of me mentally. Yeah. Your, have, your skate shop. Yeah. Yeah. That, that takes a lot out of us. And even now, like I'm, I'm barely even thinking about teaching. I just did a mix yesterday but aside from that I, we're, we're trying to our, our anniversary for our shop is coming up in april like, or sh- this month like in two weeks so we're trying to figure out whether it's appropriate to release anything or not whether we want to do something mm-hmm. we're trying to set up the future we're applying for small business loans like there's so much going on right right that, like, yeah i don't even really have the time to really like think about djing too much you know mm-hmm. although i did just finally get a setup in my house and i <laughs> And I really appreciate it, you yeah. know. So I don't know. I just think I think I think this 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 time is a perfect time to really just focus on yourself. Like even outside of DJing, like if you can if you can think of ways to market yourself during this downtime, cool. But if you can't, that's totally okay too. Right. Like yeah. if you don't wanna if you don't wanna like put out a bunch of mixes or do IG lives or learn how to flare, like you don't have to do that. You can just chill and work on yourself, like work on yourself mentally, work on yourself physically if you can, get into other avenues that maybe you didn't have the opportunity to get into. Like, can I it. say something real quick? Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a quick ad. Yo, this is the first time in probably six, seven years that I've been able to like listen and digest music the way I used to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like actually give albums time and thought and listen and love music the way that I did before mm-hmm. I was a DJ because DJing made me not want to hear any like music. I didn't want to hear loud music. I didn't want to hear it even, you know, ambient music. I didn't want to hear any music. Driving home from the club, I'm listening to a podcast or a, a comedy show or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this 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 time is definitely giving me time to like listen to like I just listened to Little Dragons, uh Little Dragons album, uh Thundercat for the good. album out today. Yeah, it is really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Thundercat put an album out. That's Childish cool. put put an album out. Like, and I, yo, I never. If any of ask any of my friends, I never listened to music over the last eight years because I was just too busy with that with those that that you know mindset of like, yo, I got to go to the club anyway tomorrow, like or yeah. later on tonight, and like. So this is like <clears throat> Mo, like Mo said, it sucks that that this has to happen to to you know the world for people to have this this shutdown and like this this uh little reprieve from their normal life but at the the on the other side the positive thing is you're able to do things that you either one didn't think you had time for mm-hmm. didn't want to make time for you know or just never had the time to even think about it you know what i'm saying so yeah i mean I, let me let, let me not let me not like make it i mean we don't mean to make it sound like this is a great time Obviously, everything sucks right now. Like, we're all fucked and inside. And we're all, we either know people that have the virus 
or, you know, maybe people know people directly around us that have had the virus or like have been directly let go of our jobs or, yeah. you know, have like significant others or family members that are there were everybody's world is literally crumbling. But when you really think about it, that's for everybody. Like there's no business that a month from now at this rate isn't going to be totally diminished or hurt or destroyed. So I think in that regards, we have to take this opportunity to like really from a micro level like ourselves and then a macro level in our community, in our businesses, in our politics and whatever. Like we really have to see and focus on what it is that's going to allow us to have a better foundation to be better prepared for this shit the next time it hits. Because it's history will will say it's going to happen again, whether it's in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like right. some shit like this is going to happen again. It's just a matter of. Of life, you know? and it's it's honestly the first time the U.S. has had to deal with it because Asia seems more prepared because they've had to gone through it for like so many times now. So they've got yeah. the infrastructure yeah. ready for it, and the U.S. really yeah. isn't ready for this shit at all. It's like our first time dealing with yeah. it. So yeah, it, it's listen, I think it's our first time dealing with anything. Like if yep. you take it back to World War One and Two happened in Europe, mm -hmm. we fought mm -hmm. wars in Korea, Vietnam, Middle East. You know, Ebola, all that stuff was in Africa. Like this, this is the first thing, you know, aside from like a, a earthquake or a hurricane or 9-11 that really yeah, yeah. disturbed American life. Yeah. And all those things really disturbed American life for 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Like everything was back to normal after 9-11. The only thing that changed, we had to take our shoes off. Right. Like going, and we were complaining about that as a massive yeah. inconvenience. This is the first time that American life is really inconvenienced for the first time. And we're just kind of catching up to the rest of the world, you know? Right. Yeah. That's why we're not listening. That's why people aren't social distancing. That's because yeah. they they're not used to like yeah. getting their liberty stripped, even a little bit, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. what's, what's happening in New York right now is reckless. <laughs> The fact that New York is not under lockdown, that you can fly into New York that City, been you drive out of the city, is insane. Yeah, my my homegirl flew here yesterday. She flew to Miami from New York. I'm like, yo, what the yo. <laughs> bro, lock her up in a jar. Like, <laughs> in, in South Africa, in South Africa, when they got to 400 cases or 500 cases, they locked the country down. 21 day lockdown. Hmm. Not even like you can go out to get groceries. You can go to the pharmacy and you can go to the hospital. Can't jog. None of that. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen video of like people walking on the West Side Highway in New York. Everybody I know that live in Brooklyn is like, yo, Park Slope is popping. Mothers pushing strollers around. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And that just shows to like how much Americans are not willing to have any liberty stripped away from them, mm -hmm. even if it's like to Selfish. the detriment of the greater good. For the greater, they won't. They don't care about the greater good. It's it's a country that is built on every single one person's experience, and they vote right. in, in that way. They run their businesses in that way. They they do their shopping in that way. That's why I think an event like this. Which, when you think about it, like 9-11 happened, what, 19 years ago now? Mm -hmm. Four or 5,000 mm -hmm. people died. Like, there's going to be a point in this month where four or 5,000 people are dying a day. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, this is an insane event that I don't think, like, people in this country grasp. And I think it's going to bring a fundamental change to... I hope that it brings a fundamental change to how we live our day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that goes... To DJs too, like on the micro level, like really DJing and the DJ world and the club world is a very cutthroat sort of like the only thing that matters is 
end of night, how much money are we making? Right. Even in the places, even in the subcultural places that are supposed to have cool music and are ran by one of us, places like that, at the end of the day, all they're really worried about is their bottom line as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it is a systemic thing where no one has protections in case of circumstances like this. But from the, from the ground up, every single business, every single industry is built to maximize and squeeze the most dollar they can out of every single position without really being prepared to deal with all the other real life shit that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So maybe a situation, a circumstance like this will push forward people caring about people more because we're, it's, it's only a matter of time before we know someone whose dad died from this and we know someone whose mom died from this and we know somebody whose little brother died. From, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just going to happen. So it's been happened, been happened. Yeah, it's been happening. Yeah, and on a practical level, like on, on a grand level, hopefully it changes like the whole attitude of society. But on a practical level, I just hope it brings around universal health care and yeah. it um, kind of sets telecommuting as the default form of commuting for work. All these people going to the office every day make no sense. Like, mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of thousands of people on the six train. Mm -hmm. A lot of the work can take place on Zoom conferences like this. Right. But there's still this mentality that, oh, you're working from home, you're a slacker. Crazy. Yeah. And, and that's mm -hmm. just need we need to do away with that mentality, yo. I agree. Yeah, but then but then you're going going to people not wanting to go to events anymore. They're gonna be like, yo, you better stream that party. I ain't going out. I ain't leaving my crib. If that shit happens, I'm pasting my cash app right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <"Whoa."> <laughs> See, <laughs> hologram, hologram party. Let me give you the perfect example of why that will happen, right? Yo. Sporting events have been better at home for at least 15 years now. The, you get better angles on the games. You get better food. You can get Bro, shit once delivered. they have VR, why are you going to leave your house? You just so put what I'm trying to tell you face. is when your team is popping, there's no other place you'd rather be than at the fucking arena or at the stadium or whatever. So when the party is popping, your ass is going to want to be at that party. Yeah. When yeah, you don't want to party from the crib. Popping, you're gonna want All right. to Watch you all go on VR parties. That's the name of the new thing. <laughs> Watch you all go on. You don't even want to go on vacation. Look, I'm in Jamaica right now. Look at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> you got mango trees. <laughs> yeah, dog. Right now, I just need a strawberry decor and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you hanging with Trump right now. You don't even have to leave him. <laughs> Hey, yo, uh, yo, all I got to say is, man, I really uh, thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, coming on the show today. And uh, I want y'all to be safe, stay sane and be healthy. And, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully we'll see each other in person, have a drink and uh, play some music and listen to some shit and talk some mm -hmm. shit and eat some shit and fucking hang out yeah. in the future, in the near future, hopefully, man. Yo, when this shit is yeah. done, I'm never staying inside. Yeah, that's what's up. Much love, much love, fellas. Thank yeah. you, man. Thank love, you, love you, bro. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Yo, for real. Wash your hands. <laughs>